Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Bloomer. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. It's November, everybody, which means it's time for another theme month. Theme month, theme month, theme month. Theme month. Theme month, and uh, we debated. We said, what do we want to do for another theme month, you guys? What do we want to do? Albums for bands only wear hats. Albums for bands that only have frosted tips. But we realized we need a lot more than just one month for that. So we went with compilation month. But FTM still sounds really cool. Frosted tip month. Frosted tip month. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, Back pocket that one. Uh, so, uh, to kick off compilation month, we are listening to, and I want to get the title absolutely right. Music from the motion picture judgment night. Yes. We'll be listening to that, talking about that. Very excited for that. But before we get into that, guys, we got to talk about who's hanging out on Instagram. Who's on the gram. Who's gramming. And that would be two of our, (laughs) two of our favorite guys. Uh, Fred Durst, West Borland. They what? are, yeah, they are hanging out, hanging out on the Instagram, driving around, taking pictures of beautiful vistas together. They're in Bali, I understand. They were in Bali. They t- they played a show in Bali, and they had the best time. And I think I don't know. I I thought initially that uh, they were. I saw Wes showing up on Fred's Instagram, and my first thought was like they're meeting about a new album. That was my first thought. But now it just seems like no. He's just like I'm just hanging out with my buddy in California. It's cold in Michigan, so I'm out in California. I love it. I'm living for it. But not even a but on that. Uh, Limp Bizkit's still in the news because are you guys familiar with the band Bring Me the Horizon? Yes. I've heard of this band. Okay. So they came into my radar because they have some albums that are tagged new metal, but they are generally considered a metalcore band who's sort of grown out of the metalcore thing, much in the way you might say our boys in old My Ticket Home. But uh, Bring Me the Horizon has managed to become actually incredibly popular by right. smoothing out their sound. Yeah. and um, And so it turns out that they have a new song out for a new album that is coming out at the beginning of next year. And they were giving an interview with, I was going to say, you know, I'll just say it, friend of the show, Daniel P. Carter, on his BBC Radio 1 show, Rock Show, with Daniel P. Carter. And they said, hey, our new song, it was almost a Limp Biscuit song. Because it turns out... Wait, what, huh? Yeah, follow me here. It turns out uh, Limp Biscuits management reached out to the lead singer of Bring Me the Horizon, Ollie Sykes, British guy. And he said, uh, he said, last year, me and Jordan, their keyboardist, went and worked with Fred Durst on a Limp Biscuit album. It just didn't work out, to be honest. He just didn't show up most of the time. He's a lovely guy, but I don't think he was ready to make an album. I think he was pushed into it a bit, like his managers and people said, these are the guys you want to work with. So we gave him all these ideas. And what ended up happening was, you know, obviously it didn't come to fruition, but they had this killer riff. And so they took it back. They debiscuited it, their words, a bit. And it ended up, quote, sounding pretty sick. 
And I'll have you guys know, this song, Wonderful Life, featuring Danny Filth of Cradle of Filth. is what? pretty. Yep. I got so many twists for you, baby. I'm like an M. Night movie over here. Wow. Um, <laughs> this song is sick as fuck. If you want to pull it up, Matt. You got it, buddy. It's on all the streaming services called Wonderful Life. And um, we can see. We'll play it and see if we can catch, like, I could see that being a little bit of the biscuit. All right, here we go. Uh, let's see if we can. Do you want to see if he can hit the posts? I don't know. All right, rockers and rockets. This is Bring Me the Horizon. Wonderful life featuring Danny Filth of Cradle of Filth on the rock. Roach coach. Damn it, I hit the post. It's okay. How it starts to deteriorate when we get to 27 or thereabouts. It got me thinking about my head and what I can do to help stimulate it. It makes me sad, but I've forgotten what I'm on about. I can definitely hear the biscuit in there, but I can't deal with the whole, I forgot what I'm on about. And then, the, ah, like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, I, I love these guys. I got all in the tank on them a few months ago. Listened to all their albums. Um, some better than others. Some of that early medical stuff is a touch on the unlistenable side but they got this one song called chelsea smile that is murder i love it um but it's funny they managed to come out of the metalcore floppy hair emo scene to playing royal albert hall with an orchestra they made that jump and they made it work it's bananas well that's good and i was gonna say bring me the horizon is an unreasonable request but apparently it's working out for them. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, and uh, you know what? You know what is not unreasonable? What? Asking, who's tweeting? Who's tweeting? Who is? So we did an American Head Charge app. We got a little bit of feedback from it. Jenny, we heard from Mike Newton. We sure did. Mike Newton said these guys suffer from the disease called First Album Fucked. Their first record was a barn burner, and everything after it lacked the creativity and ferocity. Don't get me wrong, this album is fierce, but it sounded like leftovers from the first album that just didn't make the cut. I know these guys had a lot of issues within the band, like a lot of drug use, which I believe there was with the first album as well, but drugs mixed with the perseverance and intensity of making a first album statement can be difficult to top. Mm-hmm. And they never did. It was just a slow decline and sad to see. Either way great up pretty heavy album that i'm glad you reviewed thanks guys you're welcome mike thank you for writing in thank you mike uh jake leach uh said uh, not to get heavy but i've been going through some life shit lately my grandmother and i were super close and unfortunately she passed away it's been extremely hard for me 
listening to this episode was the first time I laughed so hard I had tears streaming down my face since she passed. I really needed that. Just to remember that things aren't always so serious. Thanks, guys. It means a lot. Happy to help, Jake. Thanks, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Jenny Jacks Lawson. Jackalackin? Jackalackin said everyone in Minneapolis has a Prince story. And they all sound obviously fake, except it's Prince, so they're probably all true. And every metal fan in Minneapolis has an American head charge story. They're all about what you would expect, and they're also probably all true. So the songmeanings.com theory is 100% true. <laughs> it was Prince! They got princed. The greatest rivalry wow. in Minneapolis history. Yeah. That's it. Um, we also did an episode about corn issues. <laughs> and um, you know what? That was an episode made under duress. That was an episode made... I mean, it had a lot of things. That episode, as you could argue, shouldn't have happened. Did but it happened. somebody order something funky? Everybody who listened to the episode is now ordering something funky. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Kelly K. Fresh Fraser simply says, Funky Ken and Queef Porn. <laughs> you know, the feedback that me, as a 34-year-old woman, has been hoping to hear her whole life. life. Funky Ken and Queef Porn. <laughs> I'd mm-hmm. like to just float that message back to my like sixteen year old self. Like, what will it be like in about <laughs> twenty years? Let me just tell you, Funky six, Ken and Queef Porn. Sixteen year old me would be thrilled that he has a character named Funky Ken. I would still be laughing at Queef Porn when I was sixteen. <laughs> so I guess it just goes to show you, no one ever changes. Mm. Jenny, if you just want to run down this run of accolades. I can't even talk about Funky Ken. I'm ready to go. I understand. I'm here Uh, for you. Jason Andrew Goodman says, Funky Ken for president. Exhausted Matt is weird in all the best ways. Jake Leach says, Funky Ken is a goddamn legend. Josh Toomey says, yo, have Funky Ken call me. I'm thinking of switching cell phone companies. I can get you a deal, Toomey. He sure can. And Timothy John Henderson says, Funky Ken hit me up on the celly told me to let everyone know to keep an eye out for the new Charles Mansion that's about to drop soon. Funky Ken gets a feature. Ooh, shit. Yeah. The, the Roach Riders demand more Funky Ken. The Dean of New Metal <laughs> man, demands oh, man. his beheading. Oh, I God. could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> but I adore it because it kind of drives Lauren crazy. It is unfortunately really fun to watch it annoy uh, you i'm sorry to say it's so weird because why this character of all the other characters that we've made on this show for some reason funky ken boils my blood like right now i'm legit like this fucking character why well um my therapist understands you're paying way too much on your mobile bill baby that's true you probably have a high cell phone bill payment and also my therapist says if somebody makes you very angry it's usually because they represent something in yourself that you're (laughs) unwilling to deal with so you might be super funky lauren (laughs) that might be it that might be it um super funky baby god damn it ken You might be super funky. Uh, I didn't want to think about it. You might wear silk <laughs> shirts and just like noodle on a fretless base in like 10 years. Oh, jeez. 
A future Look, man, grim. we're going to be listening to some weather report albums later. All right, all right, you you're you're really pushing me right now, Ken. You're pushing me. Um, actually, Jenny, I think you have to le- read this last one here uh, from uh, Jack Alakin over on Twitter. Oh, that's right. Oh, Minnesota mom finding Alex's copy of hidden of issues hidden under his mattress after she specifically told him that filth wasn't allowed in a good Lutheran home. <laughs> corn, huh? The only corn in your life is going to be in your tater tot hot dish. Well, damn. <laughs> hot dish. I'm sorry, Alex. That's tough. But, it's rough. you know. Life is hard sometimes. It sure is. Uh, that is it for Who's Tweeting? Keep on tweeting. Facebook, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. The album of the week. It's compilation month, and it's judgment night. Music from the motion picture. Jenny, when did this album come out? This album was released on September 14th, 1993. Oh, yeah. That's a setting up the party, if I'm remembering correctly. Setting up the party. Oh, wait. Were you calling it pre-gaming? Or is that even earlier? Uh, I think you set up the party. You pre-game. You get the party started. You go to the thick of it. I can check. I'll yeah. Check. I, that actually sounds more accurate. Jenny, any history with Judgment Night? Uh, perhaps a shock to all involved, but no. I know that Matt has a heavy history with it. Everybody was like, Judgment Night, oh, yes, yes, yes. And I went, mm-hmm, absolutely Judgment Night. No fucking idea. Uh, <laughs> I just said yes to be like, oh, for sure. Uh, so that's the truth. But I listened to it a bunch of times for the show. So that's it now. How about you, Lauren? Uh, honestly, this is one that I always heard about, but I never sought out. Yeah, I mean, none of the bands on it were like bands that I was obsessed with when I was a teenager. So that wasn't really a grab. And I wasn't really into rap when I was a teenager. So yeah, it just kind of always fell under the radar. And then when we started the show, everyone was like, um, hello, hello, Judgment Night. So here we are. Matt Nas, we understand you have some history. Heavy history with this album. I owned it on tape and I fucking love it. Uh, I saw Judgment Night and... Not in theaters. It was a VHS blockbuster rental, um, but I was a huge De La Soul fan, and I loved Teenage Fan Club. So that was a that was an instant get, and then this stayed in rotation for a very long time. All right. Um, so neither Jenny or myself have watched the movie. I had considered it, but then read uh, a bit of an oral history of the album that Rolling Stone did in September. And everyone in that article said, don't watch the movie. And that was everyone who made this album. <laughs> so Everlast said, the movie is a piece of shit. <laughs> Which is my favorite thing to hear somebody call it. I haven't that. seen it since it came out. And when it came out, I was like, okay, yeah. Um, I don't know what it's about. Do you, do you remember what it's about, Matt? Um, well, basically, Emilio Estevez and his friends get an RV, and for some reason end up in the wrong part of town where Ice Cube is, they either witness a murder or they break down and witness stuff that they weren't supposed to witness, and it's them trying to survive the Judgment Night. Guys, this album predates Korn's first album, so therefore it has no description. 
Wow. Wow. It's a sperm. It's it it dad or it's a papa. <laughs> because well, can't be a papa without a sperm. <laughs> That's and true. You, and you were correct. Uh the the new metal timeline as we have it defined goes pre-gaming first, then setting up the party, then getting this party started, then the thick of it, then the come down. So this is pre-gaming. Yeah, we'll just expend it backwards. Still pre-gaming. All right. Yeah, so, so my understanding is that this movie is a twist on the common trope of a group of like white people stumbling upon like a, a gang like situation. And the gang is the white people, and then the people who stumbled upon it are black and Hispanic. Is that right? That I do not know. Okay, that is what I read on the internet. Have not watched it, but I believe it. Uh, Everless says this movie's a piece of shit. Uh, I also, don't believe him. Yeah, I also liked. I think it was Mugs uh, from uh, from Cypress Hill. They offered him fifty thousand dollars to do the movie. He was making twenty five thousand dollars a remix, and also said that he had made he had been in Meteor Man, and he found that experience extremely boring because he just sat around on set all day. And so he <laughs> said, "I was not about to make another movie." I love and, that yeah. that Meteor Man was the thing that turned him off to doing this. Yeah, I mean, okay. Here's the synopsis, so oh, we okay. all okay. No, new father Frank, played by Emilio Estevez, departs for a night out, joining friends Mike Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ray Jeremy Piven, already the fucking star power. All right, uh, as they head to a boxing match, at the last minute they are joined by John Stephen Dorf, Frank's brother. Okay, stuck in gridlock traffic, the guys take a shortcut. That gets them lost in a very dangerous neighborhood. They witness a murder by a gang leader called Fallon, played by Dennis Leary. They flee, but Fallon now wants them hunted down and eliminated. Okay. Not a bad premise. I mean... We didn't watch it. We didn't watch it. So... Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What can you do? What What can can you you do other than... Watch it, and then it's too late. Yeah. Uh, we should say this uh, genre tags, rap core, rap rock, and rap metal. Production, well, man, just a lot of producers on this thing. Having read the um, oral history on Rolling Stone, which I highly recommend, um, it seems that the big, uh, the big person behind all of this uh, was Happy Walters, he was the executive producer. He's the 22-year-old manager of Cypress Hill and House of Pain. And he basically said, let's get this going, you guys. Let's make this ma- crazy mix of rap and rock. And he said most of the bands they went to, they were into it. Some managers had to be finessed. He was like, get your band in there. And then he slid them a Rolex. Hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. So that's basically the background of the album that we need to know. Jenny, do you have anything else? No, that sounds perfect. Let's Matt, anything you want to add? I'm I'm I have not listened to this in years. So let's see if my nostalgia uh is still intact or uh if my dreams are about to be ruined. All right. Well, that is going to go one of two ways. Yep. <laughs> Uh, let's start out with the first track, Just Another Victim. This is Helmet and House of Pain. There we go. 
so far nostalgia is going well. If you want to go to 235. That's what I was going to ask you. When does it happen? Oh, boy. I don't have the right countdown because I, of how I downloaded this. stop right here yes matt tell me everything tell us all that you're going through oh god this is i don't know if it's good that's the problem because it just takes me back it does it successfully i am in full nostalgia i have no ability to tell whether or not this is good but it amps me up I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say something to you, Matt, right now. This is good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's Woo. good. It is good. Thank you, God. Woo. Um for one, we got a chug right away. So I felt right at home. And you got this great rap. Everlast is coming hard as fuck. It's coming super hard. I loved it. Thought it was great. Very strong start. Um, I felt like this was a new metal papa. Jenny? I definitely think it was a papa. I think it was not a piece of shit. Uh, I liked it. And I was excited to see what came next. That's the thing about this. Looking at the track listing, there's so many odd pairings. Mm -hmm. I was just like, how the fuck is this going to turn out? So uh, let's keep going. Up next, track two is called Fallen. This is Teenage Fan Club in De La Soul. Traveling. Oh boy, I know this way too well. Once again, this is Teenage Fan Club in De La Soul. Ah. 
way too much space before the posts on that one. This is Fallen. Hey, yo, kids. What's up? Remember when I used to be dope? Yeah. I own a pocket full of fame. Well, look what you're doing now. I know. Well, I know. I lost touch with reality. Now my personality is an unwanted commodity. Believe Can't it. believe I used to be Mr. Steve Austin on the mic. Six million ways I used to run it. I guess Oscar Goldman got mad. Because I, I got, got loose circuits. circuits. So loose. I be the mother goose with the eggs that seem to be New metal it is not No it is not new metal Uh, Jenny what'd you think of Fallen? I liked it Um, At first I was like oh no But then I, I quickly turned I was like okay this is not new metal But I like it I felt like I saw what the rest of this album was going to look like to some extent or another. It's like, how do these genres blend together? Because though it is like, uh, in quotes, like rock and rap coming together, there is such a variety of different types of like rap and rock on this that it's just like, like how, what is the correct pairing like what is right. the, what is the sweet spot here? And I I I did like this. Um, I will say I didn't love it till the second time I listened to it, but I liked it. Lauren, what do you think? Yeah, the that vocal up top made me super worried. I was like, what is this? I because I honestly I've never listened to Teenage Fan Club, and I've listened to very little De La Soul. But uh, once it got going, it was very smooth. And the thing that I found in my listens and then also just reading the oral history about it and what I think makes this album, uh, you know, I think kind of stand up and, and have the legacy that it does is that these guys were all, I'm pretty sure across the board, in the room together. These bands were all with the rap groups in the studio together, working together. So everything you're hearing, it's not a, okay, we have this riff, go rap over it. They're like organically trying to make it work and they're not trying to force a style. They're trying to just build together. And in the wiki, and you know, no way to know if this is true or not, but it says that there was an attempted collaboration between Tool and Rage Against the Machine on a song called Can't Kill the Revolution, that they attempted, but neither band was happy with the results. The song has never been officially released, but has, quote, spread through fan bootleg networks. I've never heard of this song. Or heard it. I guess you can kill the revolution. Everyone and all those bands is feeling that burn tonight. I did think that the vocal on the Fallen on the hook sounded like Sugar Ray. Oh, mm. Matt. Um, so I'm a huge De La Soul fan. Uh, three. I thought you were going to say you were a huge Sugar Ray fan, and I was just going to like walk out of the room. Huge Mark McGrath tattoo owner. <laughs> um, no, uh, I'm a huge De La Soul fan. Three Feet High and Rising was uh, very important to me in junior high school. Um, and this song is one of my favorites on the whole record. It is because. Uh, Teenage Fan Club, I was okay with. I own Bandwagon-esque, which I believe would be the album that was pretty much out at this time. The big hit off of that was a song called The Concept, and uh, it featured predominantly in um, 
the Charlize Theron mu- movie where she's with Patton Oswald, but I can't remember the name of it. Young oh. Adult? Young Adult. It features prominently at the beginning oh, of Young Adult. Really? I love Young Adult. I'll have to rewatch that. We'll yeah, when up. she's in her car and she puts the tape in the player, uh, the song that she is singing is Teenage Fan Club. Huh. Um, yeah, I love this song. Um, new, But it's not new metal at all. But it's the risk that this record took. It definitely paired probably... I mean, when we're talking about De La Soul, they were the ones with, you know, me, myself, and I that said that they weren't the hardcore rap. They never talk about their chains or their sneakers or anything else that was kind of like the cliche things to talk about in hip hop at the time. Um, they tried to be a little bit more conscious and a little bit more fun. Um, and, you know, to pair them up with Britpop, it, it is a risk. And I think it paid off. I think it worked. All right. Well. Let's see how other pairings fare. Are you excited, boys? Oh. Up next, we have me, myself, and my microphone, Living Color, and Run DMC. cheesy so uh this is the first <laughs> skip of the album whoa <laughs> lauren gave me a look when i said this one was kind of cheesy like really please tell me your feelings oh man i i wrote on this that this is i think the artistic slash critical ideal of the rap rock sound that when the people who dismiss new metal who dismiss that idea but like if they were to say like what is the best version of that in a critical mindset it would be a song like this uh explain please. because here's the thing we're dealing with these aren't meathead riffs we're dealing with i uh, i mean i think i mean I, I guess it's like that's uh the lyrics are i thought the lyrics were fun but not once again not meathead not um aggro not whiny it's they're you know they're doing classic old school rap over hot rock riffs okay you know what i'm saying i see what you're saying now you're talking about in a classic rap classic rock sense this is an archetype for rap rock this is i think what i i think they put this record out people are thinking rap and rock how will that work They hear this song and they go, oh, well, then it should continue in this vein. It does not continue in this vein. It stops here. 
which is good, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Especially taking two bands. Well, I mean, at this point, Living Color is kind of already on the descent. Um, after Cult of Personality, I think that was like 89, 90. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of over. And at this point, I mean, uh, Run's House is out already because that would have been sixth grade for me. So like Run DMC really isn't putting out classics anymore raisin no. hell is long gone mm-hmm. but they kind of created that style of it was them and the beastie boys that were like let's just take led zeppelin drum beats and rap over them right yeah i don't know i thought this one this one worked for me every time it came up i i, I think on top of it i think it's got a really good chorus i i was expecting the chorus to be really clunky so i guess i mean maybe it is kind of cheesy i don't mind the cheese slather it on all right. Well, there you have it. Matt Noss says skip. Lauren says spread on the cheese. What do you say, Jenny? I, you know what? Uh, everybody has their own thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of hot take you come to Roach Couch for. <laughs> uh, up next, we've got Judgment Night, Biohazard, and Onyx. Yes. aggression that's what i'm looking for you like this one jenny yeah yeah of this course is, i do this yeah. is a fucking papa this checks oh I, yeah yeah i can we talk about how fucking important onyx is to new metal to icp to like nearly anybody that was do trying to do this can we just take a moment to talk about how important Slam was to all three of us in our lives? I mean, <sighs> let the boys be boys. Right? I mean, that's what I always say. <laughs> let the boys be boys. <laughs> uh, Jenny, you were you were going to say, though, as far as this being a papa. Oh, yeah. I, I think listening to this the first time, I was like, there are definitely moments that are certainly new metal, but... This whole thing is such a papa. Something like this is such a papa. It just it it does kind of strike me as a little bit more still in that like hardcore vein, like what I'd consider to be hardcore music. Uh, but I really like it. Kind of checks. I like. I mean, I like broy aggressive stuff. I think maybe you know my soul is just that of an aggressive bro. 
what can you do? What can you do? I didn't be asked to be born with this beautiful feminine body. Inside, I'm a, an aggressive bro. <laughs> you know? Yeah, anyway, I Anyway, I, 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 uh, yeah, I liked this one. Lauren, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, it has, it, it's got unbridled aggression and yet still has the swagger and bounce of a party track. You know, an obvious uh, papa to, I would say, to Limp Bizkit, but also to Eminem, I really feel like. I got a lot of Eminem vibe from this, especially early Eminem. And it did make me think about something that we don't talk about too much on the show, because sometimes when we're dealing with like a lot of new metal, it isn't even so much the rap part is just the down tuning and the other things that are associated with new metal, but the rapping aspect and and how the appropriation accusation that was kind of thrown around early on that the, you know these white guys took you know this black american art form that was based on the african american experience and just applied it to their own sort of like suburban you know whiny existence for you know to take the you know the negative take on it and it did there was something that i did think about a lot in this album was that you know, we, you know, all of the things that are being rapped about are, I feel, coming from a, you know, a, a much more raw place of, I'm trying to think of the right word. But, you know, just, um, there's no posers on this record. Oh, no. None. None. No. Yeah, I I definitely, there are, <laughs> there's at least one more compilation that we're listening to this one <laughs> that I will say. <laughs> But I do feel like I hear what you're saying, though. I feel like for the most part, there's one song on here that I'm a little bit like, hmm, and I feel like the people involved in it felt the same way. But like for the most part, I feel I like these I were like, yeah, probably. I think that this is like a genuine attempt at like creating something together and like bridging some sort of like gap, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it feels like with the later new metal, there isn't. I mean, I would say like, you could argue, you know, Limp Biscuit more than anybody attempted to bridge it by just you know having people like Method Man and Snoop Dogg and exhibit on their albums, you know, but not you know not all the other bands did. It. I mean, credit where it's due. Crazy Town had KRS One. That is true. Well, Matt. I think the only thing that also comes to mind with this is it's the verses that are more akin to what I would consider new metal, but that chorus, uh, especially on this song, is pure like late 80s, 90s metal. Like that Judgment Night, even the sound on it, that isn't the new metal part. The new metal part to me is when you got the verses going on. I forget who, um, I forget everybody in Onyx. But there was like f- four guys, five guys in Onyx? I don't know. Back to Fuck Up was in rotation, though. I know that much. There you go. I, I knew Slam. I knew it was a video that frightened me, yet I could not stop watching it. Um, I think you nailed yeah. it uh, with aggressive party track. Yeah. You know, like, it's kind of that thing, like, when Jump Around comes on now, today, if you were at a wedding or a party where Jump Around comes on, there is a lot of tough guy posturing that happens 
when that song comes on. But then by the middle of it, everybody's winded and it's just a goof. Right. But that, <laughs> but you're right, though. When that song first came out, that was that thing was a terror. A little frightening. Jump around. Oh, yeah. I remember being oh, in middle yeah. school. For, oh, yeah. When the, yeah. I have no recollection of when for, Jump Around oh, came yeah. out. Oh, yeah. When it came out, like, it was, I mean, the yeah, it, that was like, this music's for, trouble. White dude posturing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come finer than Jump Around <laughs> mm-hmm. circa 92, 93. I would struggle to, like, make my definitive top 10 list of white guy posturing songs. <laughs> <laughs> And that's because of the kind of music I listen to. <laughs> I don't think that's like when you said that I was like, I just think of Pringles when I think of jump around. <laughs> so, maybe that's good on Pringles. I don't know. I'm showing my age. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not <laughs> exactly like a fresh Daisy here, but I just don't remember <laughs> when that came out. Uh, all right. We've got some more tracks to get through here. So let's move on to disorder. This is going to be a medley of three exploited songs brought to you by Slayer and Ice-T. more songs it's okay we got the gist of it la 92 hey man listen you know what they could also been yelling text we don't need a subtext text it is so blunt and i love it it's our oh you love it i love it i love it love it this is i was like all right i'm on board with i mean for one it reminds me of body count because right. and he's coming right off of uh, the first record, right? And he's yeah, and like I said, yeah, it's it's all text. There's no metaphor. No, no, it's straight up. I'm gonna be super blunt. And who we got in production on this bad boy on this track? We got Rick Rubin. There he is. And the drums sound amazing. Like they sound really, really good. Yeah, this track is great. This is. Um, this is what I want from our boys. Uh, nobody's compromising. This sounds like Slayer. This sounds good Slayer. This sounds like Ice T. But it, it's all coming together and it works. Jenny. Is it a Papa though? Like I, so I like this song a lot, but I was like, is this new metal? No, this is not new metal to me. Is this even a Papa? Oh boy, there's. An, it, I think that you're. Yeah. I think that I you're think, right when you say that it's like, Ice T being Ice T. Yeah, he does Slayer, a no bullshit. Yeah, cover Slayer being Slayer, but I don't know if 
if Ice T and Slayer together, a new metal papa make? I mean, the thing is that I also think about like what new metal songs tend to be about, and they wouldn't be about something like this. This this seems just like a Slayer song with Ice T on it that works. That is that is how I'd put it. it I still di- love it. Oh yeah, it's great. This is what you want, Matt Nas. Did you? Yeah, I, I yeah. think Jenny Jenny is making the biggest point of it is a it is an exploited it's the exploited that they're covering right yes they're exploited exploited songs played by Slayer in a very Slayer fashion with Ice T coming on and doing the body count thing over the you know the colors Ice T the um, storytelling Ice T. You know, right? He's singing, or he's screaming mm-hmm. more than he is rapping. Yes, I don't know if I can sound whiter, but I will try. Keep I mean, working on it. He is. We down we all aspire the, to sound as white as possible every week. So. I mean, he is laying down the rap, and he is picking up the rock, guys. There is rock in this, and there is rap, Matt. Oh, uh, all I'm going to say is it is certainly aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, we've got another song up next. It's called Another Body Murdered. This is coming to you from the boys in Faith No More and the Booyah Tribe. Oh, this fucking song. I thought this was in the song. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yep. wow, I don't remember that part. It was Mike Patton being like, oh, this song. Now I gotta murder the murder to get away. The eye get the kill, now the fool's gotta pay. And if they pay, then they pay what they like. To watch another man try to hold on to his life. Cause I keep looking and hunting just like a lion. Let me just know that it's still that been dying. I show no remorse to the soul of a shadow. And if they tell, Given no fucks. Is this the best song in the album? Probably. God, it's good. It's pretty amazing. I I think this is another one where I think critics who were skeptical of the idea of rock and rap coming together hear this song and go, oh, okay. If it sounds like this, I'm 100% there. And uh, yeah, this is this is a great one. I mean, the raps are amazing. Once again, though, it's this perfect synthesis of these two bands, the Booyah Tribe and Faith No More coming together. And uh, yeah, I love it a lot. Uh, Jenny, thoughts? I did think this one was very new metal. Mm. It's very much a papa. Like, I don't know. I love the song. I thought it was great. 
I wasn't surprised that it was great. So that's it. I know these songs, it's like, surprise me or don't. This yeah. one didn't surprise me <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. Well, there's a song, two songs from now, that I think we're going to have a little bit more to say about. There's, yeah, there's, there's something <laughs> yeah. coming there's, up. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a little screwball in this one. Oh, yeah. Um, in the oral history, there is uh, a good little anecdote that when Faith No More went into the studio, they wanted to impress the Booyah tribe. So they found out that they were all Samoan. So they put together a special version of the Samoan national anthem. They worked really hard on it. They presented it to the Booyah tribe. The Booyah tribe laughed in their faces and said, Nah, guys, let's just make a good song. Wow. So I've been watching 90 Day Fiance. Okay. The season just premiered a couple weekends ago. It's All great. Right. Real, real quick recap. What is this? Sh- what's the premise? The show is about people who are engaged to or thinking about becoming engaged to people who are from other countries. And so they apply to get the K-1 visa, which is a visa that allows somebody to come to the United States for 90 days. And by the end of that 90 days, you have to be married or else they have to go away. Um, some sometimes the couples have to go through different means to get here, but uh, that's the general premise. So when I was reading this um, oral history, when I saw what I would normally read as Samoan, I read it as Samoan uh, because that's there's a there's a Samoan or people from Samoa on the show, and they talk about it, and I just was so excited. I was like, oh, it's just like 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> it's not at all. That's very reductive. That might be the whitest thing I say the whole show. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> but it's what it reminded me of. And, you know, I just like to share every single thing I think of on the show. So there you go. All right. It did make me happy to hear that they just laughed mm-hmm. uh, and then made a great song. Yeah. Up next, we've got a song called I Love You, Mary Jane. And this is coming to you from Sonic Youth in Cypress Hill. I don't know if there's a more Sonic Youth sound than this. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. And then just pure feedback. Strange. Now I got to call out her name. I love you, Mary Jane. 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 I love you, Mary J
can I tell you that when I looked at this track list and saw that there was a song with Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill called I Love You, Mary Jane, and I went, I wonder what that sounds like. And it sounds exactly how I imagined it would sound. <laughs> um, Fucking great. Yeah. I'm, uh, listen, I listen to a lot of music. I like a lot of bands. <laughs> I saw Sonic Youth in concert once. And I wanted to leave. And they were the opener, so I had to stay. It was so bad. But I understand that they are beloved. But I think everything I've heard, I have not enjoyed. Wow. Now we've learned the truth about Lauren. Hey, I'm not into Sonic Youth. My bad. How <laughs> He's dare you? He's not pulling out his copy of Daydream Nation anytime soon. How dare you? Sorry. Hey, man, I get it. Uh, they can be a tough pill to swallow 98% of the, sun, <laughs> the time. And then they'll do something and I'll be like, they're so good. Uh, I like this one. Um, Black Sunday came out this year too, right? Yes, it did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I made a face that was very much like, ah. No. Uh, Cypress Hill's second album, Black Sunday, um, was also in the rotation. Heavy. Uh, my brother bought that on tape. You yeah. are correct, Matt. Black Sunday did come out in 1993, July 20th, 1993. Right. So. And there, I believe there's another song about weed on there. Maybe a couple. Yeah, perhaps probably, a if, there's, if there's 12 tracks, then 12 songs about weed. Were you like a suburban child? Like, I love these weed songs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. While I'm listening to I Want to Get High and Legalize It. I love these weed songs. I mean, I don't know. How old were you when they came out? 93. I would have been 16-ish. Okay. That's old enough to be like, yeah, legalize it. Yeah. July 1993. Yeah. I guess I would have been like 16. All right. Well, that adds up. All right. There's not a lot of songmeanings.com comments for this album. I'm sorry, everybody just how it is but um there were three comments for this song and one made the comment that basically just mentioned that marijuana is addictive and that set some people off uh buzz Fletterjohn said i don't think it's about the casual usage of marijuana in today's society but rather their love for this special plant alcohol seems to be the bigger danger with addiction and deaths also, marijuana is not an addictive drug. The government's been pissing millions of dollars down the drain, experimenting with it, trying to find hazards, but they come up dry every time. Damn. So true. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I've got great news for everybody. Here it is. <laughs> up next, we get the song that we've been alluding to. This is a little song called Freak Mama, and it's coming to you from, of course... Mud Honey and Sir Mix a Lot.
party. Yeah, throw this on after Love Shack. It's me, Fred Schneider. Tin roof. Rusted. I'm going to come in real hot. All Do right. it. This is a fun song. This song is a lot of fun. I wrote in my notes, who knew this would be so joyous? This is a fun song. It is a fun song. Um, I think it's funny reading like the oral history thing that you sent me, um, how Madani was like, we want Cypress Hill. And they're like, everybody has Cypress Hill. <laughs> we want this person. Everybody got this person. <laughs> we're going to give you Sir Mix-a-Lot. And they were like, okay. <laughs> and then Sir Mix-a-Lot's take is like, I knew that they were like contacting all these like really cool hip hop guys for this. So I couldn't believe when they asked me, I was just so flattered. Cause like, you know, I know I was like the pop guy, but I did have some like other records before baby got back. And then you go back to the Jews and mud honey. And they're like, we just all laughed. Cause we thought, Oh man, another song about butts. <laughs> and it's just like, they were having the most separate experience of what was going on. <laughs> and it made my heart hurt for Sir mix a lot. I was like, these guys are going to have me in here and it's going to be cool. Like, he's fine. But I was just like, oh, fuck, man. I'm sorry. I hope you I hope you never read that. <sighs> well, they're they're two Seattle guys just trying to make it happen. Yeah, it's it is fun. I do like that. It's kind of like a weird surfy. It's a goof song. surf rock song. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, it's funny how. And I'm going to sound like an old dad on this one, but just how raunchy rap generally is now. I mean, even how raunchy it got like three years after this song. And Sir Mix-a-Lot, I mean, he sounds like a gentleman on this track in comparison to how things are now. Do you know what I mean? In well, regard- he wants to get you in the mud, honey. Yeah. But it's like... <laughs> Freak! freak of mama <laughs> um i'm gonna come in real hot lord oh here we go this song is garbage what wow uh this was also another skip on the record well lauren says it's fun and matt you say it's garbage but i get but, it. it's but, kind but of fun like what do babies play with you know, cardboard boxes you tried to like throw out. Maybe this is a song for babies. It is a song for fun babies. <laughs> fun mm-hmm. babies. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah. But Jenny, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> this song just sounds like something that like I would I would be like surprised and not surprised to hear from someone's dad taking you out on their pontoon boat. <laughs> Perhaps it's more of a speedboat song. But this is definitely something that like kiss my wake. Doom, 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 boom, boom, boom. I feel like this will be like something that a dad will play like maybe like 10, 15 years from now. You'll be on a lake. You'll hear this. This Not is definitely this is We're definitely still in Bob Seeger dad time. But like 15 years from now, dads in boats. Yeah, this mom is coming on. This is definitely a barbecue song. 100 <laughs> percent. All right. Well, we're going to have to implement that <laughs> to our own future it's a boat real, rides. It's a real pool party jam. I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. There's water involved somehow. Absolutely. Freak mama, not funk mama. 
know. There's the second one. Did thing somebody I've said. order something funky? <laughs> we certainly did not. All right, well. Strictly freaks, no funks. Check your bill. Mine is high, Lauren. Stop chasing him away. I'm dissatisfied with my carrier. <gasps> hello. Oh, hello, Ken. Ken, do you want to hear the next song on this album? Let's do it. It's called Missing Link. And it comes from Dinosaur Jr. and Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Hey, I gotta start it. MCs get caught it. Off, you're soft. Dinosaur Jr. will find it's going to ruin you. But in places, hey, this is fat way this. I portray this. Photographs so the last laugh is mine. You're behind for the mind and for the soul. That's how I roll. Now I hold the mic like my life depended on it. I'm doing a bonnet. My son gets watered and I'm apart from whackness. I'm separated. Did you like how I spike the ball? Despite your all, you can come bite a small portion. There's more in the vault. Vaults have a malt. I alter your brain pattern. Yeah, it's my fault. I just stay better blitz. A word's hers, they'll be damn beat the speech with you need to reach. I'll just be no simile, never flow simply, cause it's meant to be the truth, the truth, and nothing but the truth. I tell it to the youth, the fellow of the proof in the print. Wouldn't you like to know? Oh no, you can't happy. <sighs> Here's my thing with Dell the funky homo sapien. He sounds, he's always sounded to me like someone who has a rap at the ready and he will just rap and rap and rap until someone goes, all right, you can stop rapping now. And then he You know how they make fun of Eminem for like using a dictionary or whatever for, Dell is a million times more guilty. Yeah. And it's, he's somebody that, I mean, I don't dislike him, but. It's funny how, yeah, you started singing that Gorillaz song, but like the part of every Gorillaz song that he's on that I like is never his part. Like you sort of have to get through those to get to the catchy hook. And so, yeah. And then this song, they go into the chorus. He keeps rapping. Right. Yeah. I'm not done. Uh, I'm not. uh, I have a paragraph here written in my notebook. I'm quite verbose. I have many things to say i already shouted you out dinosaur jr yeah i didn't love this one jenny i thought it was fine i guess like i i wasn't really sure what to expect from this but i thought it was like fine i wasn't mad at it at this point i was just like enjoying this album thinking about the other stuff that came out this year (laughs) um and i was just like oh holy shit that's weird to think about for example Uh gentlemen came out the same year well, speaking of gentlemen, wig talk. We wig got talk. a little bit of wig talk because, so I mentioned this album pretty well received by critics, including one Robert Christgau. Christgau. He rolled in on his old consumer guide, he gave it an A minus. Holy shit, he actually gave it a grade? He gave it a grade. And here's what he had to say. Here's a little something that you've never heard before. Mostly black rappers rhyming over the live guitars and drums of mostly white bands, 
all alternative alternative identified and only De La Soul helpmates teenage fan club less than hard. This music knows lots of ways to say blunt. If the wordplay is minimal, that fits concept and movie, which ain't about a bobsled competition. Whoop, there it is, beats the new Motorhead and the new Cypress Hill simultaneously. I'm guessing that was a cool runnings reference. I'm sure. Based on the year and the only thing culturally that we have around bobsled yes. so far. More but, bobsled stuff, please. But mm-hmm. also uh, my my actual favorite thing about this uh this page is that it says dud of the month. Oh Dr. yeah. Dr. Dre, the chronic. Really? I would say that people disagreed with you on that. Yeah, I don't think Christgau got that one right. <laughs> um, he gave, yeah, he gives it a C plus. Um, other, but yeah, also on his list here, he has the Afghan wigs gentleman, which he gave an a minus the cranberries. Everybody else is doing it. So why can't we, he gave an a minus. There was another one here that was of note. Oh, he gave an honorable mention to Salt and Peppa's Very Necessary. And he had his Duds of the Month. And this was wild. There's two in here. Do you see him, Jenny? I'm seeing Snoop Doggy Dog, Doggy Skyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pearl Jam Versus were his two of his Duds of the Month. Wow. So I don't think that came to bear. Pearl Jam Versus is one of the best albums of all time. So. That's disgusting statement. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even a Pearl Jam hardcore, but that album is front to back amazing. I am anti-Pearl Jam. <laughs> That's fine, but Versus is great. That's the only one I stand by. All the other ones are pretty hit and miss. Yield's all right, but I gave up after that. Uh, up next? Yep. Up um, next. Um, next, please don't um, fight mom and dad. <laughs> Yeah, that's disgusting, Lauren. And up next is Come and Die by Therapy and (laughs) Fatal. I'm just going to come straight from my notes. This song is a bit much. <laughs> Not my favorite. Yeah, this one's... A, I, I'd, I'd never heard of Therapy. Um, apparently, they're a northern... Uh, a band from Northern Ireland. I remember Therapy. I, n- I don't remember Fatal at all. No. Mm-mm. No, I yeah, I I guess I didn't remember either one of them. But if you were wondering, therapy still kicking. Oh, so all right, you you haven't lost your chance. 
to reacquaint. Yeah, this this one wasn't really doing too much for me. Um, I think this one ages the worst. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's just like it's not even fun. Yeah, and it's it seems it, this song. I mean, I don't know if they were hearing the other tracks when everyone else was recording. But this song sounds like it was made after all the other songs were done. And they were like, oh, we have to compete with that? Everybody yell! Come and die! You know, just (laughs) very, like, yeah, just very much, like, over the top. Like, they're trying to compensate. Um, What's funny is that the riff reminded me of something, and it bugged me for, like, a day. And then I realized that it sounds a little bit like the song that Prodigy does with Tom Morello on the Spawn soundtrack. And then I was like, oh, shit, the Spawn soundtrack was basically an attempt to do a part two of this album because it was mixing rock bands with electronic acts and trying to make it happen. I'm sorry to bring up the Spawn soundtrack, but... That's okay. My wound has been opened. Oh, man. How respectful of our time is this record? Uh, This album comes in at 45 minutes and 11 seconds. Super respectful. Pretty respectful. Very respectful. Well, that brings me to the last song on the album. Uh, This is Real Thing. This is by, obviously contentious subject here, the band Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill. I got one question. Where's Eddie Vedder on this track? I've got one answer. Who fucking cares? (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Eddie. That's my main problem with Pearl Jam. Oh. It's his warble. I can't handle it. Mr. Edward Vedder's warble? Yes. I'm sure... He's deeply hurt by me not liking the band, obviously. He just yeah, he he sold his house in Hawaii. Oh yeah. No. He just <laughs> got a he just got a push alert on his phone. Yeah. <laughs> Some lady Jenny does. Bloomer doesn't like you. Some woman in a basement doesn't like you. <laughs> He's fine. They're fine. I don't need to like them. Um where is he? Kauai. Um I mean, maybe that's it. He's like, I'm gonna go surf. You guys go hang out with Cypress Hill. I mean that said, I mean, this song feels like... I mean, it's listed on the track listing as a bonus track. It feels pretty bonus track-y. 
to me. Um, I didn't dislike it, but you know, sort of just sort of takes you out. I mean, the thing, the the big thing for me was I was just like expecting like Eddie Vedder to roll in on this chorus. Maybe he sat it out because he was like, "Me on this song makes no sense." I don't know how he would fit in. I was the first time I listened to this, I was just like sitting like with my jaw clenched like (laughs) when is it gonna happen (laughs) and then it never did what a blessing oh man i like that we're both sitting there like with different feelings like i'm like here it comes and you're like never happen please (laughs) well there we go that's the album are we having canon talk matt or what canon talk ish all right, maybe, maybe because it's a compilation. I don't know if you could put a full compilation in, but maybe, maybe that's the conversation. Does the whole thing go in, or is it songs? I feel well. I I I have an opinion, so I'm just going to tell you what I think. I would love to hear it. <laughs> I feel like I would put another body murdered in there. Um, I might put another, uh, just another victim in there as a papa. If we're going to go ahead and just like throw back to the papa's month, if we could still do that. Other than that, I feel like I really enjoyed this album, but most of it wasn't quite new metal and wasn't quite even a papa. Um, but I did really like it, but I would, I would definitely put another body murdered in there. Lauren, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on another body murdered. Um, I think, I think besides just another victim, there are other papas here, but just another victim is the most overt obvious. I mean, I would say judgment night too. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, you know, um, I I was going to fight for judgment night. So maybe if we want to put judgment night and just another victim as papas and another body murdered in the canon. Okay. Matt and Oz? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, it's kind of funny because of how old and before, like I didn't realize it was 93, really. Mm-hmm. It's much more of a papa than it is a canon conversation. Do you mm. want to know some other soundtracks that came out in 1993? Hit us up. So I Married an Axe Murderer. Which I had. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Did not have. Swing Kids. Rudy. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Nope. Menace to Society. Nightmare Before Christmas. Nope. No. Uh, Adam's Family Values. (gasps) They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, play how they want to play. Wait, isn't that is that the first one or the second one? It might probably this first one. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And of course the Dragon Ball Z game music series. Of course, everybody. I knew where that. I knew. I'm like, when do we get to the DBZ? All right, when does it happen? I want to mention. I didn't mention it up top. This was not a big thrift, but what I want to call a big deal. This was purchased off of Amazon (laughs) for four dollars and ninety nine cents, brand new. Holy shit! That's a pretty good deal. That's a that's a pretty. Big, big deal. deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty big deal. Big deal. And uh there you have it. 
Faith No More and Booyah Tribe, Another Body Murdered in the Canon, Just Another Victim, Helmet House of and House of Pain, Judgment Night, Biohazard, and Onyx, Papas. And that does bring us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Um, keep on leaving reviews on iTunes. Five stars is nice. We know about the Juggalo Hundo. Juggalo Hundo. 100. We have 100 reviews on iTunes, counting all of our reviews from around the world. And I know you're thinking, hey, uh, is that episode happening? It's going to happen. We've we got have, the date. The date is set. It's we're in gonna, the G-Cal. We're going to record it, and then we're going to put it in your fucking ear holes. Get wow. ready. Aggressive. Yes. And with that, please make sure that you're sharing the episode on social media. <laughs> <laughs> share the show. Let Just people know. Fucking, we're going to ram it on your ear holes. Ram it in your ear holes, but please share. We'd appreciate it. Let people know that you love rocking the roach. And with that, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Now I got to murder to murder to get away. The eye gets the feel, now the fool's got to pay. And if they pay, then they pay what they like. To watch another man try to hold on to a life. Because I keep looking and hunting just like a lot.